This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the St. Jude kids. St. Jude's doing incredible work fighting childhood cancer. And because of donations, like the ones that you get, families never receive a bill ever from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, food, none of that. Help St. Jude stop childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope. Get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. It's going to look great on you. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785-833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, you know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Welcome to BobbyCast 250. Wow. 250 episodes. Holy crap. Made it. Every time we have one of these little milestones, pretty cool. Uh, we'll talk to Charlie Warsham, who just saw again a couple weeks ago at the Grand Ole Opry, said some real beautiful words, love him as an artist and a friend. And he's trying to get the, the, a certain flag changed, which I think is interesting. Uh, later, at the very end of this podcast, too, I'm going to put in the audio from Super Easy Trivia. And by I'm going to, I mean Mike did. But it's the, it's the episode. And we'll see how it translates. We'll put it at the very end. Because if you don't want to hear it, you don't have to. Uh, the weird thing is a couple of the questions and the categories are picture categories. So I'm going to limit that for now on. Okay. But Dustin Lynch and Chuck Wicks are the guests. And we, we shot this before all the protests happened. I didn't feel it was uh, appropriate to put it up in the middle of all the protests, Instagram stories and, and, and pictures. And, you know, I was posting a few things as well. So I just didn't feel it hit, fit the vibe. But Chuck Wicks in it is talking about, Ah, I have some news. We'll talk about it soon. That news ended up being that they're having a baby. And they did some fertility treatment. And I think it was he was having issues. He's addressed that. So uh, when he says he has some news, the news is already out there. We just <laughs> taped this like a month ago. Uh, but let's get to the music news this week. So Huey, who you may not know as uh, just the name Huey, but you'll know this song right here. Maybe you will. I remember it. I remember, yeah. Yeah, 2006. He died at 31 years old. I saw it this morning. I sent over to Mike and said, hey, we should probably mention this. Hip-hop musician Huey, famous for the song Pop, Lock, and Drop It, has died at age 31. He was killed in a shooting in St. Louis. Wow. Police say their investigation found another person had also been injured during the shooting. Uh, that person is expected to recover. Pop, Lock, and Drop It peaked at number six on the Hot 100. A remix featuring Bow Wow and T-Pain was also released. Uh, big hit for him. I remember it. Sometimes they'd still play it at like the Electric Cowboys of, of today because it was like a, a hip-hop hit that crossed over. So even country fans felt comfortable dancing to it. Uh, so, uh, yeah. 
It's a good song. It's a fun song back in the day. Yeah, rest in peace, Huey. The Dixie Chicks officially named their, changed their name to Chicks. And you'll hear Kurt Bardella coming up in a little bit talking about the Lady A story. And when I taped that with Kurt, it was pre-Dixie Chicks changing their name to Chicks. And so the Dixie Chicks have officially changed their name to The Chicks. The group had long unofficially been referred to as The Chicks by many fans. I never heard that. I know that was part of the story, but never in my life did I hear anyone talk about The Chicks. If they did, I was talking about girls. Mm -hmm. I saw a funny tweet. It was like, 2019, Chicks is not acceptable. 2020, Dixie is not acceptable. <laughs> so they said, we want to meet this moment. Hey, and good for them. If they feel like they need to do this, good for them. And I tell you, some people were like, well, what's the deal with removing Dixie? It's just a part of the country. So I looked up the history of Dixie, and it actually is tied directly to the Confederacy. Like, it's, we don't call a part of America Dixie now, but it's those states and what they were called during the Confederacy. If you Google, Mike, and just read me the first block there, because I'll make sure I'm right. Just Google history of Dixie, and it'll bring up, you know, kind of a, a summary of what Dixie is. And listen, I grew up in Arkansas, right? And I never knew that Dixie was really associated with the Confederacy. I just, you know, knew all the songs, but apparently a lot of those songs that I knew, the Confederacy would sing as they marched in the Civil War. Are you having trouble with the internet? Yeah, I got it. Oh, you do? We have a new internet put in over here, so I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm not even connected to the internet. What does it say? Yeah, it says, Dixie, the southern U.S. states, especially those that belong to the Confederate states of America. So it has a direct connotation mm -hmm. to the Civil War and the South. You know, a major part of their initiative was slavery. And so if the Dixie Chicks want to drop it, and they feel like to them that they don't want, maybe they were just educated on it. I don't know what they know and don't know. So I applaud anyone for trying to make a change for the positive, even if it feels weird and clunky and, huh? Because it is going to be weird to call them the chicks. Anna, it is. It's going to be weird. And I, I'll struggle with that one because I've never called them the chicks where Lady A was always Lady A to me because I was just lazy. I just kind of get tired. I'd get Lady A and, you know, my mouth just gets tired. So, you know, I commend them. They definitely could have just laid low and let it pass, but they didn't. Is it weird? Does it feel clunky? Yes. Am I always a little proud, a little moved, a little inspired by somebody who just tries to do the right thing, even if they know it's a bit uncomfortable? Yeah, of course. I think we should all strive to do that. So what do you think about that? I also think it's going to be weird to call them just the chicks. Like, I can't even just say the chicks or chicks. Like, I feel like you're not going to associate that with their music. And if you call them the D chicks, oh, then that sounds dirty. <laughs> <laughs> and the, how do you feel about them changing their name? Yeah, it's just weird. I'm not acting like, hey, two thumbs up and everything's going to be great. It's weird, but it at least shows they're trying. My only point to argue with people who are yelling at them is it doesn't affect you. Mm -hmm. You probably weren't even talking about the Dixie Chicks in the last 30, 60, 90 days. Um, and... Why bust somebody's balls who's trying to at least move a direction they feel better at? If they feel like it's not right, they can always change their name back. Yeah. So not my life. So when people in their lives try to go, okay, I'm going to try to. But it, I just see all the Facebook comments and get irritated. So yes, it's going to be weird. Very weird. And I probably won't do it right. I'll probably call them Dixie Chicks forever. Yeah. Not forever, but for a long time. So do they like make it a point to correct people when they call them Dixie Chicks? I don't know yet. I think it's so new.
I don't know. Um, here are, we usually do top five songs that I uh. am, am kind of excited about or, to, or, or records I'm excited about for the week. Um, so the dick, the chicks, <laughs> well, then when I try to start, I sound like the dick chicks. <laughs> the, dicks, the chicks put out another new song. I'm going to put this at number six. Okay. This one's called March March. I can get down with this vibe. This is my kind of vibe here. Dark, female vocals, little screaming fiddle in the background. Hey, that's pretty cool. I like it. Yeah, me too. That's the new from the new one. You know what I think I should do on the show is just play it and not tell people who it is. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because if you just say Dixie Chicks, even... Just bear with me because I'm going to struggle calling them the chicks. And I probably won't this podcast, but I'm going to get better in life. If I just said, hey, I'm going to play some Dixie Chicks, people get mad anyway from what they said 15 years ago, you know? Um, and now add this to it, you're going to have different little percentages, feel certain ways about it. But I think if I just played that song... And said, hey, what do you think about this? It doesn't matter who the artist is. I think people would dig it. Yeah, I like that. Uh, here we go. Top five. At number five this week, Eric Church put out a new song called Stick That in Your Country Song. He lost a friend inside his hand. Baby girl, he'll never see again. Stick that in your country song. The weird thing is, Eric Church didn't write this. Oh, he didn't which I thought was really wild. You may Google and fact check me on that just because I don't want to get 10,000 emails. I think I'm right on that. But yeah, Church didn't write this. And you know, I thought when it was Stick Down Your Country song, he was going to be a little more demanding, uh, justice, social justice, fight for inequality. It's still good. And, you know, Church can do this, but I don't think he wrote this song. Definitely feels like an Eric Church first single, though, where he doesn't care if it's a radio song. I love the song, though. Like, it's catchy as crap. So it's one of my top five favorite releases this week. I, I think I was expecting a little bit more in, like, here he comes, Cannonball in the Water, F everybody. But I think people are doing pretty good at putting a lot of that stuff in country songs now. And then he went away and camped for a long time in North Carolina and said, you know, they wrote all those songs. So I, I thought that was probably one of them he wrote. Any luck? Yeah, I'd written by two different guys, Jeffrey Steele and Davis Nash. Yeah, Nash. not Church. I really like the song. So whenever you quote me in your blog articles out there, I really like the song. I think it's a uh, cool message. I think it, it will inspire other artists to look at other things to write about. I think I just have unfair expectations of Eric Church. I like Eric Church. And I think he's one of the few people to kind of, you know, shake up, shake up the bush. Grab it. <laughs> um, I think I expect a little more bush shaking, though. Uh, that's number five. At number four, so Lauren Elena has a song called Getting Good, but and it had been out for a little bit, but now it's a duet with Trisha Yearwood. Really like this. Here you go. And that's Trisha. And that's Lauren. The song's been out. I like she put Trisha on it. I think it's pretty cool. I don't know if they're still trying a radio with that. I don't know if it died or not. I think it's, it's still up there. Yeah. It is still up there? Yeah. I look at radio songs, mm, one, two, three, four, zero percent anymore. Really? Never look at a chart. I just, 
I mean, honestly, we just kind of do our own thing for the most part. We play the few songs we're supposed to. We play a few songs in the morning. Occasionally, we'll spike something we want. But now I'm just, in so many shows cut up our, or so many stations cut up our shows in different ways, nighttime shows, mm-hmm. countdown shows, international shows, morning shows. I just kind of hope to do good content that our listeners like and agree or disagree with, but, you know, are, are compelled by, and that's it. I play what I love, but yeah, I don't look at the charts at all. Uh, so that's number four. At number three, Ryan Hurd has a new EP. You know I love Ryan Hurd. So Every Other Memory is the whole name of the project, and here is his version of Sunrise, Sunburn, Sunset, which he wrote for Luke Bryan. Same type of cut-off jeans, little back sun underneath, who knew it was about to be sunrise, sunburn, sunset, repeat. Doesn't it sound like when he does it, it's a little more beachy yeah. and a little more of a love song? Yeah. It's just the styles of their voices. And when Luke sings it, it's more like a party song. Like, let's go get sunburn and party the F out, you know? But love them both. They just sound different. Same words, different voice. So check out Ryan Hurd's new EP called Every Other Memory. Uh, at number two, I'm going to put Brett Eldridge. He has a new song out called Sunday Drive. Man, I This is my vibe too. I love piano and slow. I got so much music this week. Never said when we were gone. The interesting thing about this song, I'm almost positive, is that. And Brett writes most of his stuff. I think he found this song years and years and years and years ago when he was working the tape room at Warner, maybe. Hmm. He was working in a room, like a mail room, and he was taking songs and taking them to tape and making them digital. And I believe he found this song then and was like, if I ever get the chance to record it, I'm going to cut it. Wow. Isn't that cool? That's awesome. Check his Instagram if you don't mind while I'm talking about the next one. I think that he may have put that up there too. I just like to make sure I'm right on this stuff. Uh, Number one, and it's just a whole album, just a lover, lover music, lover spirit, to Neil Towns, The Lemonade Stand is her her album. Now, this is the first song on the record called Holding Out for the One. Mm -hmm. It's a little fasty and anthemic for my ver- the Tennille Towns that I like the most, but most people like songs with some sort of rhythm and beat. I- I'm just a weirdo and likes all the sad stuff. <laughs> but here you go. Here is holding out for the one. I'm holding out for the one. I just love everything about her. And I think a lot of it too is we toured together for a long time and she opened for me. One of the best and worst decisions I made ever as an opener because she would come out and she's so good. And it wasn't that she was so good because I would do comedy, she would do music. But she would basically make everybody in the audience cry because her songs were so sad and touching. And I'd have to go out and make people laugh. <laughs> and I like people to kind of get, get them, like Walker Hayes is a great opener for me because he get everybody in a good mood ready to go. Boy, Tanil would just shut them down. They'd be crying until their, their, their shirts were wet. 
and I'd have to go out and like pull them from the hole, but she's so good. Uh, that's that's uh, that's number one, huh? Yeah. Check out Tanil's the lemonade stand. And you were right. What is it? What's yeah, it say? It says it was transferring CDs into MP3s in a basement tape room at Universal. Pretty cool, huh? That's awesome. And he found that song. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. I'll, some others, notables. Lainey Wilson has a new song out called Sunday Best. Runaway June put out a new version of We Were Rich. This is a fantastic song. It's not a new song, but the version is new because Natalie Stovall, who we have on a previous episode, is singing on it and playing fiddle on it. Just a jam anyway. Bailey Bryan has a song called Play With Me, and Russell Dickerson has a song called Home Sweet. So check that out. As far as albums go, Ray LaMontagne has a Monovision. Heim has Women in Music Part 3, which I saw a really great review for that. I started listening to it. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I like Heim. I do too. Yeah. I'm not, I'm never quite sure I'm saying their name right. Heim. It is Heim? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was introduced to them because Taylor Swift was a Heim fan back in the day, I guess. Yeah, I think that's when I first heard of them, yeah. But yeah, good. Uh, Will Hogue, Tiny Little Movies. I like Will. I'm going to listen to this record. Um, and then Andy Rowley Ritchie, who you may know as the British actor Jacob Anderson, who played Grey Worm on Game of Thrones. Too many names, but I do know him from Grey Worm. Uh, yeah, there we go. That's, that's the music. That's what's up. There's a lot happening, man. And then you're going to hear a lot in this. This may be a long one, huh? Uh, yeah, pretty long. All said and done? Yeah. Uh, Kurt Bardella, first Charlie Warsham, then Super Easy Trivia. For the first time in weeks, I'm ready to go listen to new music. Between Brett, Tennille, Will Hogue, you know whose music I was checking out that's kind of, we should maybe have on and do a little interview with? Is that Nick Wayne? Yeah, I think he put out a new song today too. Oh, another new song? Mm -hmm. Well, I know he put out an EP, I think, recently. I saw him on a list. And maybe it's just part of that EP, but he has a song about calling his wife. And he's part of that, and if the world was ending, you'd be mm -hmm. over a... He has an EP called American Originals, which is, I guess, just three songs. And he's got a funny little song called Hang On, My Wife's Calling. <laughs> which the first time he's like in the middle of a song, he's like, hang on, my wife's calling. Uh, maybe we get him on for a few minutes okay. next episode. Yeah, I think today he put out one called I Love You More. Really? Let me see about this. Nick Wayne did? Oh, yeah. Here we go. Let's, um, let's see. Weird. When did he put out this American Originals? June 19th, 2020. Yeah. And then he put out more music? I love you more, 2020 single. Let's hear. All right, I like it. All right, that's all I need to know. I'll check it out. Um, all right, check out, check that out too. Make sure to get them on uh, next episode. All right, enjoy today's podcast. Appreciate you guys. Check out Mike's podcast, Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. I saw that. You said, "What's the best road trip movie?" Yeah. Yeah, I don't watch movies while I'm driving. No, movies about get... taking road trips. Oh. I guess road trip makes is number one. Uh, it's up there. It's a good one. I've seen it in a long time. It's funny. Yeah. All right. Enjoy. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Rate us highly, if you don't mind. And uh, we'll see you soon. Bye. Hey, Charlie. Bobby. How are you? How's it going, man? What's up, dude? Oh, man. Just uh, living that 2020 life. Uh, excited to talk with you. Yeah, I'm excited to talk with you, too. I, You know, we saw each other at a distance from the Opry. And, you know, you've played the Opry a bunch of times. How weird is it to play to an empty house? Well, 
if you've been to some of my solo shows the last few years, I got used to it. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, no, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it is strange, but it's one of those rooms that's got uh, a sacredness to it. And so it's, it's kind of like being in a church by yourself, which is in a way comforting, but also strange at the same time. Is the date July 25th, 1998 significant in your mind at all? Yes. That was the first time I stood in the Opry Circle yeah. uh, as a kid. Uh, that was thanks to Mike Snyder, who's a, a beloved Opry member. And, uh, you know, you, you kind of share uh, in his legacy uh, in that he not only does he play music, but he's a hilarious comedian. And uh, it was thanks to him that I got to stand on that stage for the first time. You were 12 years old, huh? I was. What was that? Did you drive up from Mississippi and, you know, stay there? Like, what is a kid when you play the Opry for the first time? What's that whole experience like? You know, uh, gosh, it was it was my first taste of uh, applause and attention at that level, but it also was this thing that had been a part of our family for so long. I had a, a great-grandfather. We actually have a piece of furniture in our house here in Nashville that he built with wood from his sawmill. Uh, specifically to hold the radio uh, and keep the cover off this old-timey radio and the tools handy so he could tweak the signal and get the Opry. He was such a fan. And uh, I, I didn't go up to Nashville alone. Uh, about half my, my dang hometown uh, came up with me. We all stayed at the, the Marriott out there by the airport. And uh, I don't know if it still has it, but it had an indoor-outdoor pool. And that was also a big, like, first city experience, an indoor-outdoor pool, you know. Might as well have been Disney World. Yeah, I remember the first time at church camp, we went to like a, a Hilton with an indoor pool, and I thought, yeah. wow, this is like TV. Like, this is like the rich people on TV because there was a pool underneath the roof. Right. It's very Beverly Hillbilly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. a couple things, a couple reasons I wanted to have you on specifically is I saw you posting about the, the Mississippi flag, which I thought yeah. was interesting. Talk a little bit about what your goal is with that message. Absolutely. You know, my, my goal is, uh, oh man, it's, it's emotional for me. You see my dad in the, in the middle late sixties, I mean, he, he grew up, uh, in the middle of that and Grenada, uh, my hometown was one of the cities, Do Dr. Martin Luther King marched through my hometown actually with John Baez. There are pictures of them and the sidewalk they're marching down uh, is the sidewalk outside of the old high school. And when my dad was a junior in high school, they integrated schools there. And when school let out that first day, there was a crowd of people waiting to, to beat the black students. And uh, there were press, uh, representatives of the press there, there were police there, and they, they took the camera from the press people, they smashed the camera on the ground, they beat. My dad said there was one this one black kid that got a broken leg from how badly he was hurt and had to limp a mile home. And the police didn't do, and this is not a police statement to today. I'm just saying that the, the climate at the time was the police stood there and let it happen. Nobody stood up for the black students and the black students were simply trying to get the same education. And, and the, the school that they had been, relegated to to is a school my mom actually taught in, in in her career as a teacher and it's it was dilapidated there was nothing in there uh that was uh 
decent enough to get a decent education. And, and the thing about the Mississippi flag is the people who were beating those students were waving that flag. And I, I'm the great-great-grandson of a Confederate soldier. I could take you to his headstone. It's a CSA headstone. Uh, I could show you the letters he wrote from the battlefield. I think he actually spent time in the war here in Tennessee. Uh, but he hated the war. I mean, he, he hated everything about war and about that conflict. And he wasn't a, a wealthy man. He was a poor man. And we have this history of poor people fighting rich people's wars sometimes. And um, and so the thing about that flag is, you know, one, I, if anybody should be complaining to keep it, it'd be the great-great-great-grandson of a Confederate soldier. But from his letters all the way to my dad's experience in high school to the fact that uh, – I really want to be – I am proud of my home state. There's so much in my home state to be proud of. Uh, and, you know, I've got friends from Texas, and they they wave that flag so proudly. And I want to be able to do the same thing. I want to be able to invite my friends to Mississippi and for those of them who aren't uh, – well, for really all of them, but especially those of them who aren't white, uh, that flag is a, is a scary thing. And so whatever reason someone might have to keep it, to me, it just doesn't outweigh the fact that it really has been a symbol of hate for a long time. And is it really that big of an inconvenience to let it go? We have a Stennis flag. It's called the Stennis flag. I forget the lady's name, but uh, that's her last name. She studied, she's an artist and studied flag design and designed this beautiful flag for Mississippi. And her grandfather was a senator from Mississippi who was a segregationist. So woven into that flag is this story of evolving and changing. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, it's starting to show that I think I think we've got a chance here to the moment is now to really make the change. So have you heard anything about any sort of movement with because the flag again, if you, if you look at a flag in, in a normal flag shape, the you'll say the quarter, the top left corner is the Confederate flag and the rest is I'm colorblind here, but blue, white and red. Right. I'm assuming that's, that's blue. Right. OK. So, have you heard anything about any, any any sort of movement with this move? I mean, yeah, movement with this movement. Yes, uh, the uh, uh, I'm I'm terrible at remembering sports things, but uh, I think SEC football. Uh, don't quote me on this. No, you're right. You're right. SEC, the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Uh, even I think the Mississippi Baptist Convention, which is a, that one, really shocked people. But all these Mississippi organizations, all the community college of Mississippi, colleges of Mississippi, they've all put out statements in solidarity for changing the flag. And my dad today, uh, he's kind of semi-retired, and his job is to, to work for tourism in my hometown. And you know, he talks with all the folks who look at data and stuff, and, and there's a case to be made that Mississippi, just simply in a financial sense, you know, take away the, the emotions and the moral reasons to change it. Financially speaking, Mississippi loses on a lot of business uh, because of that top left-hand corner of their flag. And if people want to read more about this, I know you had posted a link in your Instagram. Where can they go or where can they sign or is it – how do people actually help? Because, you know, we got a pretty good audience that's going to hear this. Absolutely, you do. And I appreciate you giving uh, voice to this. Uh, I-, I would check out the Stennis Flags website. Uh, let me look it up real quick. Yeah, I'll look it up. Look, look, look at, while you look it up, I'll play a clip of. Uh, let's let's do. We'll, we'll start at his first song. Could it be back in 2013? Peaked at number 13. Here we go. Here we go. While you look it up. I'm finally home. 
Let me know when you got it, Charlie. We're just giving you some hold music here right, of I'm yourself. Okay, okay. <laughs> Let us know. We got it. <laughs> Giving a guy hold music with his own music. Now that's a new one. All right, go ahead, Charlie. I got it. <laughs> it's uh, Declare Mississippi, which is D E C L A R E, like you're going to declare something, and then Mississippi, which hopefully everybody knows the song. M I S S. Wait, M I S S I S S I P P I. There's a song. DeclareMississippi.com. Well, and just check it out. That's a great place to start. I love that you're so passionate about it, you know, and and, you're from Mississippi, I'm from Arkansas, a lot of similarities in the two, and especially with, you know, our upbringings and the small towns we come from. And when you, you, so you moved to Boston to go to Berklee College of Music in Boston. What was it like being a Mississippi kid going to Boston? Because I get to go there now and tour, but I'm an adult and I'm a little more well-traveled. But as a kid, I would have been like fish out of water completely. For sure. Uh, You know, I'm lucky my mom raised me with a great... uh, a whole bunch of travel experiences. Uh, she believes in travel as education, as, as do I. And so I had a little experience being out of my little Mississippi pond, you know, fish out of water or whatever. But the thing about Boston and Berkeley in particular was the incredibly beautiful culture shock of it. I was in this city with so much American history. It had its own little Italy. I could go shop at the Italian market. It uh, it had tall buildings. The tallest building in Grenada was the four-story hospital. <laughs> and, uh, and and best of all, the the student body at Berkeley is one of the most international and diverse student bodies uh, you'll find in the country. And there was something really beautiful about that because I connected with people from all over the world through music and learned about South American music and uh, African music and uh, I mean, people from Asia, people from just all over the planet. And, and we had a chance to connect on something we all loved that sort of felt like a universal language. It was one of the best things I could have done. You know, it's Boston's such an interesting place. You bring up a lot of points about it and the school, but also just that city. It is so multicultural and yeah. like a, a an extremely – uh, inclusive, multicultural place. So, yeah, I, I was thinking about what I was going to talk to you about, and because we grew up a bit similar, you're far more talented than I am, and and you're you're better at. As a kid, you're doing crazy things. I was just lucky not to pee the bed when I was like nine. You're getting close to playing the Opry, <laughs> but uh, you know, we played on on the radio show. We played uh, Black and White, which is uh, a song you and Vince wrote for his album. Because you played it at the Opry. And when you played it, I was like, I don't know this song. And I know every Charlie Warsham song. You, some people will call me a Charlie Warsham stan. Some will call me a Charlie Warsham stalker. Whatever it is, I'm proud of that. I'm okay with that. But you played this song, and I thought, I don't know this. Like, what did I miss? But I looked it up. It was a Vince song. I came in. We played it on the show. Got a great reaction. My question is, when you write this with Vince, do you go, all right, who gets it? Or did you write it for Vince? You know, the, the really cool thing about that day, writing with him, uh, I, I have this question I, I learned to ask myself when I'm not sure uh, of, of direction, and, and it's simply, how's your heart? Because, you know, if you ask somebody how you're doing, they're always going to be like, oh, I'm fine. They might be going through a divorce and Lord knows what all else, but that's just our programmed response, and you don't really get into the heart of, of things. 
And uh, it must have been a really rough news day or something. And, and Vince is such a thoughtful and compassionate guy. And so I think I just sat down and asked him, man, how's your heart? And he just talked about, he, he had that phrase, man, I've just been thinking about black and white. And I think for him, someone who lived through the 60s, like my dad did, he saw firsthand uh, the the hate, but also the ability for a whole lot of people to come together in, in, in unity and, and work for positive change. And I think we have this uh, this a tendency to think that things were better back when. And I think the reason for that is it, life is always a struggle. Being being in a country and in a community and, and society is always going to be a struggle, ups and downs. But over time, the, the really nasty parts sort of fade away and we remember and, and hold up the beautiful things. And so that's, that's part of what nostalgia is, I think. And so I think for Vince, he just was asking himself that question, uh, are we – what direction are we headed in? Uh, there's a great old Merle Haggard song that I think must have been inspiring him as well. Uh, are the good times really over for good? And that day for me was really about following Vince's lead and just trying to help document it as it as it happened. And it just felt like a Vince song from from the minute it it spilled onto the page. And so it was never a thing where we we felt like fighting over it. Uh, and, and lo and behold, his record that that song's on, Oki, is chock full of songs just like that. It was, I think it's where Vince's heart and head have been. So I was just... We lose him? Oh. We call him back. Yeah, call him back. All right. Uh, by the way, we're on with one, Charlie Warsham, who you know, because you probably read in the podcast thing there. You can follow him on Instagram, at Charlie Warsham. The guy is just one of the most sincere guys. As you can hear, he started crying. He didn't know I was going to ask about that. Also, uh, just... One of the most talented musicians, period, in Nashville, and everybody says it. And the session players are usually the the the, the guys that play music on albums are kind of the elite, but even they kind of tip their hat to Charlie Warsham. So just know that. He played banjo um, when he was just a kid, junior national banjo championship. There's a whole long form about his career at an earlier Bobby Cast, so if you like him, go check that out. But we're going to try to get him back on right now. Uh, Mike D is talking with him. You can also check out Amy's podcast, Four Things with Amy Brown. All right, we're going to put him back on. As you can tell, we're not editing this at all. All right, he's back. Here all right. he is. There he In is. Three, two. All right, there he is. Hey, Charlotte, so there, there never was that moment where you had to declare whose song it was? No, there wasn't. And I know that happens a lot when two artists write together. Uh, but for whatever reason, it just felt like it belonged to him. And uh, I was totally cool with that. I'm going to ask you a question that I was asked a lot a couple of years ago. Now I kind of lead this question but you ever think about going back home and running for any sort of office to actually make a change or do you feel like your music is your platform and that's how you're going to do it well first let me say bobby that i love that that is something that you are keeping your ear to the ground on and i will support you all the way because i just believe in and uh, in, in who you are and your integrity and character i think for me it's too early to know, and, and honestly, I don't know that I'd want that job. It, it, I feel like the people who do those jobs the best don't do them because they really want the job. You know, I don't know that I trust anybody that wants – it's not an easy job if you're doing it right, Yeah, what I'm trying to say. And I definitely – listen, I don't need to be in politics one bit. Like, I would actually make a lot less money and have a lot more work if I did it. 
Um, so, right. and anybody that wants to be a career politician, like not the kind of person that I would want representing me. It's exactly what you just said. So I don't want right. to be a politician. I would actually love to be able to affect just a bit of change because no one person goes in and changes the whole system, right? I mean, it's culture is change through a slow rock being pushed over a lot of time. I would like to have my shot at shoving that big old boulder for a few minutes. Like that's how I look at it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think for me, I'm, I'm, I'm open to anything. I, I don't see it at the moment, but uh, that doesn't mean I wouldn't if, if the, the moment called for it because I'm with you. And, and the beautiful thing being that there are so many ways to create change to, you know, just simply voting is such a powerful thing. And I would be so excited to see America's percentage of, of voters who exercise their uh, their opportunity to vote uh, go up. That, yeah. that would make me so happy. And, and registering voters, especially uh, in, in my home state and, and, and right across the river in Arkansas, you saw a lot of this, too, in the 60s. Uh, uh, the power of registering people to vote, and, and barely 50 years ago, that cost people their lives. When you talk about Megger Evers and uh, uh, Nikki Schwerner, uh, Cheney and Goodman, the three civil rights workers in, in Philadelphia, Mississippi, uh, there was a guy named Vernon Damer. Uh, his house was firebombed by the KKK because he was trying to register voters. And um, the vote is a powerful thing. A lot of people have sacrificed uh, for that right. I'm going to plug a couple of Charlie things because I think – if you're not on to Charlie yet, you should be. YouTube.com slash Charlie Warsham. He's uh, doing a whole series. You're performing on your bathroom floor, your bathroom. Does it just sound better in there singing on the toilet or what? Well, the funny thing is so much of the house is taken over with music equipment that I felt like the guest bathroom was a safe place in quarantine. That, that nobody else would need that room for any other purpose so I could leave everything set up. And that's sort of the accident that became live from the loo. He's uh, part of the CMA Summer Staycay on Wednesday, July 1st at 6, 5 Central. You can tune into CMA's YouTube and Facebook if you want to check that out. Here is Charlie's latest single, I Hope I'm Stoned When Jesus Takes Me Home. Hope I'm stoned when Jesus takes me home. Flying high up through them clouds, knowing I don't have to ever come down. I'm rolling up a J. Let me ask you this. Are you going to cut your hair or is this the new thing? You're just going to be, you know, long hair Charlie now? Uh, long hair for the foreseeable future. I'm sort of embracing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks good on you. I wish I could pull it off. I would just not. Mine gets oh. curly, though. I, it looks like I get a perm when I grow my hair out. Charlie, yours looks good long. Well, well, thank you. I, I don't know how long I'll be able to keep it, so I'm going to embrace it while I can. <laughs> Check out his Instagram, at Charlie Warsham. Uh, Charlie, good to talk to you, my friend. You know, if you ever need anything personal or professional, just uh, I'm a phone call away or or a letter away. You like to write letters. so Or a letter away. It just may take a little longer for me to get back to you if you write a letter. Okay, that's fair. All right. I appreciate you so much. All right, Charlie. There he is, Charlie Warsham. Thanks, Charlie. See you, bud. See you, man. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. 
Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the kids at St. Jude. St. Jude's been leading the way in the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of childhood cancer. Your support means the families never get a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food so the families can focus on helping their child live. And that really hits home for me because I've been to St. Jude many times. I've hung out with the kids, played music for the kids. I was in the hospital a lot as a kid. Now, I didn't have cancer, but if it wasn't for people stepping up, I don't know that I would have been able to go and stay in the hospital and be taken care of. So that's why we do this, take care of others. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. When you do this, you'll get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. So join all the doctors and researchers, you know, and me in this fight and just text the word Bobby to 785-833. It's only six numbers, but text the word Bobby to 785-833. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. All right, on now with Kurt Bardella. Hey, Kurt. Hey, Bobby. How's it going? Hey, pretty good. I was uh, wanted to reach out to you because I read your article in USA Today. That was a really interesting article. By the way, how did you get to write in USA Today? Like, who do you know? How did you work your way up to that slot? <laughs> so I have this completely dual life where one end of me is, is the country music side of me and the other is I'm a political commentator. And I write for USA Today, generally political-facing columns about things going on in the country. And it just so happens that everything kind of came together and both my worlds merged. And uh, my editor had seen me talk about the Lady A thing on, uh, on, on the news and thought there was more there to write and uh, asked if I wanted to pen something about it, knowing my, my interest and background in country music, and, and I was very happy to have that opportunity. Well, let's talk about Lady A for a second, because you definitely talked about that in this article. Just give me your thoughts on what used to be Lady Antebellum, rebranding themselves officially as Lady A. I, I thought that it was a very brave and courageous and positive step for them to take to go through that self-reflection, self-evaluation, talking to different people in their own social circle about the, the, the meaning of antebellum and what that says. And uh, I thought what they put out was incredibly sincere and honest, taking responsibility for that, not making any excuses, just saying, you know, we're making this change. And, and if anyone ever felt uh, you know, upset or hurt or felt distance from our music because of our name. We're sorry, and we want to invite you uh, to, 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 to take another look at us. 
Uh, and I thought it was an extraordinary thing, especially at the time. And, and you know this as well as anybody. You know, your your name is your brand. You know, it's, it's who you are. It's your professional identity, especially in entertainment. And to and to make a change like that and do it in a very public facing way uh, is, I, I think, an incredible thing. And 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 something that I wish uh, more people w- w- would approach the world the way that Lady A did, being willing to change, being willing to have that self assessment and self reflection. And to and to try to be a positive agent for change. Well, two things that I can speak on a little bit is one, I know that they had wanted to change their name before this for for the same reason, but before this instance of mm-hmm. um, large scale seeking of social justice. Like before this happened, they had already, according to my sources, been talking about changing the name and and. So it was already on their mind. They didn't – I feel they didn't just see something and make a super snap reaction. I feel like it was something already weighing on them. And it was finally the, hey, we just, we've been talking about it. We want to do it. Let's just do it, right? So I, I felt like that happened in that way. The other thing is they could have easily just slowly said, we're just going to go to Lady A. Like don't put it any more you – know, nothing official – we're just going to be Lady A, but they didn't. And there was a real bravery attached to – bravery in the sense of you're talking about brand, right? It's not like going to fight in war, so don't hit me with those. But there was sure. a real bravery for their everyday life to go and post that publicly and say why they were doing it when they did it. What do you think about that? I think you're right. I, I, I do think that uh, just the way in which they were able to talk about it, so I think articulately – and sincerely, it, that told me that this wasn't a, a snap judgment, a reaction uh, solely to current events. I think there was a lot of thought. Clearly, they have been thinking and talking about this long before uh, the incidents of the past few weeks, just by the tone and tenor that they took. Uh, that's not something you can put together in 24 hours and just put out to the world. Um, you know, uh, But the fact that they were willing to do so publicly, the fact that the, the, the recent events uh, was a catalyst for them to pull the trigger on this. Um, I, I, I thought spoke volumes about their, their character. And anybody who spent time with them, uh, you know, with Dave, Charles, and Hillary, will tell you they are the most genuine and sincere and kind people that you will ever come across. There is not a, a, a bone of hate in their body. And I think that what they did and how they went about doing that, you know, like you said, it would have been so easy to just subtly make the change, do it over time, uh, wait for things to quiet down politically and in the world. Uh, but they, they did it at a time where all eyes you know, were, were going to be on what they were doing, where it was going to receive a tremendous amount of attention, not knowing how uh, this would be received. And, and they were willing to do that anyway. And I think that, like you said, that, that, you know, that was, that, that's, that's what leadership is, in my opinion. It's not knowing how things are going to go down in the court of public opinion, but doing what you think is right and being true to yourself. Uh, and, you know, and I was very proud to be a Lady A fan that day. Yeah, and I'm pretty close to a couple of them. Uh, Dave Haywood and I are good buds, and Hillary and I are pretty close. So I reached out to both of them privately and spoke with them a bit about that I thought it was real cool they took that step publicly when they didn't have to, um, that it was them. Like, and, and there was a lot of uh, angry, hateful comments about them changing their name. What do you think about that? Mm-hmm. You know, as someone who oftentimes uh, receives... Uh, a lot of a lot of hate mail uh, for things that I'll, I'll I'll say are right politically. 
Uh, you know, I think that's all just noise. You know, I think that by and large, if you're a fan of Lady A, if, if you connect it to songs like Hello World or, or Run To You and, and the theme and messages of those songs, you're, you will you will be even prouder to be a fan of theirs uh, based on what they have done. You're not going to turn your back on them uh, or their music because their music is all about love and sharing and, and having a better world. Uh, and especially as you've seen you know, Lady A grow as human beings and becoming parents and, and having families and how that's impacted their outlook on life. Uh, if you're a Lady A fan, you celebrate what they did. And, and our, there's always going to be haters, uh, which, which, again, you, you know, you, you've seen as much hate uh, from, from trolls thrown at you over the course of your career. And you know, that's just I've always thought that's just noise. If you have nothing better to do in your day than to, to, to tweet something or, or Instagram comment something that's negative and toxic, uh, then, then you, you really don't have a whole lot going for you, and there's no reason why I should even care about what you think. You know, and that's uh, why I reached out to them. It wasn't that I had some grand knowledge of changing a name or fighting the good cause any more than I have, you know, in my own personal life. But it was, hey, I, I deal every day. I deal with these folks that that they don't really care, but they're just gonna take a little part of their life to try to make a bigger dent into a bigger part of yours. And man, that's what they do. That's what they and they come and. You know, the, the rules that I kind of talk about with my listeners, rule one, is it hurting you or someone you know and close to? If not, go to rule two. And then rule two is, is it hurting anybody, period? If it's no, then freak, move on. There's no need to write about it. There's no need to be negative. Because just move on with your life. Do you ever watch a bad TV show and then send a note to the, to the network going, hey, that show sucks. No, you just change the channel. <laughs> You just go to the next channel. You just click somewhere else. You don't have to listen to Lady A's music if you don't love it. I'm going to tell you, they didn't lose a single fan. You may have seen people get upset. They didn't lose a single fan. They didn't. And then, it, you know, then there's the whole instance where there was already a woman named Lady A. And this was where it got interesting to me because Lady A, the band, owned the trademark Lady A. So they, yep. e they easily and rightfully could have said, okay, you were called Lady A, but we own it. Like, we own the intellectual name, property, rights. We are Lady A because years ago we bought it. But I, they, they didn't, and I thought that was pretty cool. And, you know, I know at first there was some weirdness about it, and they got on a big Zoom call because they posted about it. Things seemed to be going all right. Uh, what, how do you feel like that whole thing should shake out? You know, I think that, again, always trying to turn – uh, every situation into the most positive-facing thing uh, they can come up with. Again, Lady A could have easily have just dismissed uh, this this other uh, this Lady A, uh, you know, blues jazz singer in Seattle, and instead they 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 wanted to be they wanted to have a conversation. They wanted to to learn her perspective of everything. And I actually think out of this will come uh, potentially some really cool uh, fusion of music from both of them. I think that. Again, this is going to be something that started out a little rocky. There was a lot of uncertainty how this would go. And, and out of that, there was going to come, I think, creativity and partnership and community. And it's exactly what music is supposed to be. You know, I mean, it's, again, someone who came from a more political background, what, what made me a country music fan was that feeling of community and unity and positivity and energy. And, you know, the, the, the greatest parts of, of, of my professional life over the last five years have been in the country music space um, and, and seeing that firsthand. And I think that nothing unites people better uh, you know, than music and song. And, and, and music allows us to express emotions that we don't know how to as individuals 
uh, in, in a collective way that helps us heal, that helps us express, um, especially during times like this where there's a lot of division and uncertainty and fear going around. Uh, it, it's, not, it's, it's so important to have that. And with what Lady A has done with this situation is I think they're finding a way to create something positive that all of us will be able to experience in due time. Let's move off that for a second and talk about award shows coming up. You're a lover of country music, as am I. The ACMs are coming up, the CMAs. We're talking about the, the, the last quarter of the year. I mean, the odds these shows happen with people in the stands are, what, 0%? Where do you put it, Kurt? I put it at 0%. Yeah, it's going to be tough to... Now imagine, because I, I... And I think that the ACMs have already announced how they're... Okay, if I... We may have to bleep this. Maybe I, I'm saying what I already know. We'll see. But Kurt, do you know about the ACMs doing it from three different locations? Yes. Okay, perfect. Yes. So it's uh, out there. Great, great. Then I can talk about public. it. Okay. So they're, it's going to be from the Opry House, the Ryman, and the Bluebird. And they're going to have three mm-hmm. different places where the ACMs are there. Now, let me ask you this. If you're an artist and you're nominated, do you go and sit alone, possibly not to win uh, an ACM, let's say you're uh, Morgan Wallen, and he's up for, I don't, mm-hmm. uh, they haven't been announced yet, but he's up for Best New Artist. New Male Artist. Yes, whatever. Yeah. Do you go and sit in an empty Opry house with like 14 other nominees, or do you just sit at home and see if you won? You know, I think that in these circumstances, I think everyone has to make the, the decision that they're most comfortable with for both their own health. Um you know, this is not an easy time, particularly in, in a state like Tennessee that's seeing a rise in cases. Um, who knows what the situation will look like when we get to the fall? Uh, you know, that will obviously be something they have to take into account. Um, you know, but if, if, if I'm an artist, you know, I, I got to tell you, award shows seem so trivial right now, facing looking at what we're facing. And I think there's a reason why a lot of other shows, uh, you know, Emmys, Oscars are, are, are postponing to next year. Um, because it, it just doesn't seem like the right time necessarily to do something like that. Um, I hope that the ACMs and the CMAs find a way to, to, to pull this off that's creative, uh, that's positive, that's less about the actual awards uh, and more about creating a, a, an escape for, for, for people like us, for fans, for, for uh, people in this country to tune into and, uh, and, and experience music together. I loved the ACM special that they did uh, last month, having all these artists, you know, film their own performances wherever they were and piecing that together. I thought that was great. Um, you know, but I'll tell you, at a time where, where no one can go anywhere or go to any show, it's like, how do you award entertainer of the year when no one can go out there and entertain? Great pivot question, because uh, that's my know. next question, Kurt. I've talked about this a little bit. I'm curious, because they are going to award these awards. They are going to have these shows. You know, I, I'm... I'm lucky enough to be connected to the networks and the producers of both of them and even leaning in a little bit to help, but they don't know which direction they're going to go. They will have the awards. I'm asking you, Kurt, who wins entertainer of the year and why? Well, uh, you know, I, I look at, especially during these times, you know, what artists are able to do, um, to be creative, to reach fans, to, uh, you know, help us escape what we're going through right now. Um, you know, thinking about the CMAs, because, you know, the ACM nominations were out before this ever happened. And, and, and the voting for that 
already closed before we were in the era of social distancing to a certain degree. So you know, that's going to be what it's going to be, and that's going to be based on a lot of what we saw last year. But for the CMAs, where we don't know what the nominations are, I'd like them to try to get innovative a little bit. And maybe maybe you have a category for this year that what, the best live stream or the best uh, you know social distancing show or something that acknowledges what a lot of these artists are doing. You know, I think about people like Brad Paisley who has, you know, done a number of interesting things, having Zooms and concerts and beaming into Vanderbilt, and he's about to do this uh, drive-through uh, Live Nation uh, tour. Um, I think about Keith Urban, who played an outdoor, you know, parking lot show for Vanderbilt, uh, you know, doctors and nurses. Uh, I think there's got to be a way that, that we recognize what artists are doing to try to make a difference uh, and to try to be entertaining during these unique times. But I'm still looking for the entertainer of the year. I'm going to give you my answer. I, I, I hope, I think that's interesting, yes. But man, if they go all MTV Movie Awards, they're like, okay, best kiss during the pandemic. I'll be like, come on, guys. Come on. Um, here, here's what I'm going to say. I, entertainer of the year to me is never just a touring award. It's never just a radio award. There's always that mm, about it. You don't, you don't can't define it, but you're just like, oh, that makes sense. And I think it's, again, the person I'm going to say is a person who already wins it. So them winning it is not a surprise, but what they're doing is different. And I'm going to go Garth again. The guy just sold out 300 drive-in theaters. You know, yeah. I think what, and again, is, is doing TV shows from home. He did a quarantine show with Trisha. He played the Opry. But then Keith Urban was the first guy to go out and play a drive-in for the, the healthcare workers. I think that's amazing. I think it's things like that with radio success, with the streams. I think all of that. So I, and I think your list is, is pretty right on. Um, but, you know, I think it's a, a Garth or an urban type person who wins it this year because of the things they were able to do outside the box. I mean, Luke Combs even, you know, hasn't played a bunch of shows, but did a bunch of great online stuff. And let's not discredit the fact that he takes unreleased songs and just puts up brand new videos of them with the song before he even cuts them, <laughs> which at this point, his music is his currency. You know, he's not a newer artist going, hey, here's some more to see if you think you like me more. He's not putting up demos mm -hmm. going, hey, see if you like this. Maybe you'll become a fan. He's going, I got a lot of fans out there that want music. I can make you wait, but I'm just going to put this, this song called Cold One out or, you know, Six Feet Apart, yep. which wasn't going to be a song that was cut, but because people loved it so much, you want to cut it. So anyway, that's that's my opinion on that. I think you always have to look at a kind of the whole 360 when it comes to Entertainer of the Year, and you're right. There is some some odd angles to look at this year, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's gonna, again, I don't envy the job that, you know, the, the people behind these award shows who produce these things have to try to try to navigate. You know, there's obviously the ACMs, you know, and, and talking with some people there are trying to navigate how do they, you know, properly acknowledge what's going on in this country and, 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 and promote, uh, you know, artists, people of color, you know, it's not an easy needle thread. There's always going to be people who are unhappy with whatever you do. There's always going to be those haters. You want to be entertaining because this is an entertainment show. You want to obviously support and acknowledge the artists who have been successful, uh, you know, in the last year. Uh, but you also don't want to look like you're not uh, in tune with the reality that we're all trying to navigate at the same time. So it, it is not easy. Uh, and, and, and again, I applaud these people who are trying to come out there and put out a product that can for two, three hours help us escape what we're facing right now. Yeah, I just can't take any more Zoom shows. As 
honestly, or, or you know, at home shows. And I say that as someone who was a part of one. You know, American Idol, we, the, we were the first network show to go and set up home yeah. and do it from home. And that was a struggle. I'm glad we were able to do it. But man, the content that I'm watching, it's all the same. It's just from everybody's house. The late night shows, which I love, it's hard for me to watch them. They're just from people's house. I'm just like, come on, we got to. And yeah. what sucks is that it, it, COVID's about to hit us again hard again, yeah. like fullback coming right through the line, Corona 19. It's going to be tough, man. Well, you know, one of my favorite, for this reason, uh, live streams that was done was the one that Brad with Lady A did that was backed by Bud Light because they basically took over an empty warehouse, built their entire stage yeah. uh, like you, like they would on tour and, and, and played it with you know full production, full sound audio, full band. And it was the first time in all of this that I'd actually seen someone do that. And and, and and it looked and felt like a regular show. Brad had his massive video wall backdrop. Um, and it was the first time that I heard music the way I normally would uh, versus the live stream and the Zoom and the things that we've all become exhaustively, uh, I think, overkilled with. Um, but, you know, it's like that type of innovative stuff yeah, yeah. Uh, w- was refreshing to see. I agree. And I think back to now as we've been in this for so long, Keith Urban, when he uh, did his little warehouse before Brad did that, you know, him and his wife were singing. Um, but yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 that, and that was cool back then. Uh, back then, like it was some crazy yesteryear. It was three months ago. But <laughs> oh, holy crap, it feels like ago. forever. Hey, so Kurt, where are you right now? Uh, right now I'm in Washington, D.C. And what's happening? nation's capital. Hey, look, lots of elections happening, right? Right this second, actually. Like we're still, but this goes up At Friday. This second, votes are being counted still. Yeah. Who's going to, who's taking home that, uh, that's on the Senate side in Kentucky? Is it going to be McGrath? Who's going to pull that one out? Uh, yeah, it, it, it tell you, you know, McGrath and Booker, uh, and Charles Booker, who came on strong at the end, uh, has been an incredibly inspiring, charismatic figure who has a future in politics, regardless of the outcome. But I think that he peaked too late. If he had peaked, you know, three weeks before he did, I think he actually would have won. But McGrath had such a head start in fundraising, building an organization to run the campaign, name ID. Uh, I just think that she'll end up pulling it out. Uh, only because you know the runway just ran out for, for for Booker, just wasn't in time. Yeah, I got a buddy who works on Booker's campaign, Matt Jones, who does radio in Kentucky. So uh, th- by the time you hear this, they may already be out. So we'll we'll fact check you. We'll see if you were right, Kurt. Hey, listen, everybody, check out MorningHangover.com. Uh, Kurt is uh, he's also on Twitter, K U R T. That's the Kurt part, no C. K U R T B A R D E L L A. So, all right, Kurt, it was good catching up with you. Uh, check out Kurt's Twitter page. You can see a link to that article we talked about a little bit there. Just a guy who knows a lot about country music. It's always good to see your face when you're around, but you haven't been around in a bit because nobody's really allowed to go around anywhere anymore, you know? <laughs> I hear you, man. Well, thanks for having me. I got to tell you, I would not be in country music in any way if it weren't for what you've done, seeing how you blaze a trail for people outside to come on in and, and try to make a, a little space for themselves in this format was one of the more inspiring things for me being this outside guy in DC, never worked in country music at all, just a fan and wanted to start just this email tip sheet thing and, and, and was shocked that it ever took off. But you were one of the first people to encourage me to support me, to, to promote me. Uh, you know, and, and it means the world to me. I appreciate that. You're probably a little too kind, but Kurt, thank you. Be safe. Talk to you soon. All right, man. All right. Take care, brother. All right. See you, Kurt. You know, what's interesting, Mike, is that I called it Corona 19 in my mind, I was picturing a Corona fullback with a number 19 on his jersey. Okay. I thought you were blending COVID-19. Well, I think I was. I think I sometimes the words that come out <laughs> don't quite fully um, represent the picture in my mind. Okay. 
And so, yeah, yeah, that's where Corona 19 comes from. I'm going to start calling that, see if anybody calls me out on it. I also thought it was like a throwback to 2019, like it's going to come back. Corona, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know why it's called COVID-19, right? Just for the record. Yes. Because it came out in 2019. Okay. Yeah, that's why. Okay, is Kurt still on the phone? He is still there. Oh, hey, there he is again. <laughs> All right, Kurt. See you later, hey. bud. There he is. <laughs> Bye-bye. What's funny is we leave Kurt on and all of a sudden we're like, what a sucky interview, which we, it wasn't. But that used to happen to me back in my radio days where we'd, uh, I would always say, okay, we're going to interview somebody. Whenever we're done with the interview, don't hang up. Mm-hmm. So one time we were talking to um, Jordan Knight from New Kids on the Block. I remember that. I was an intern. And we talked. We did the interview. They were doing a tour. It's like, yeah, great. And then he said, okay, bye. We didn't hang up. And then all of a sudden you hear him go, all right, uh, we're going to do another one. Great. And then they, she's like, okay, we're going to connect you to Cleveland. Here's Jimmy Joe and Jam Jams or whomever it was. And he goes, all right. And so I didn't know what to do. I thought I was going to hear Cleveland. I never heard Cleveland. So I go, hey, what's up? It's Jimmy Joe. And I'm like, hey, man. I did a whole interview as the guy from Cleveland on, on our airwaves still. Um, that was a fun time. I remember that. The good old days. <laughs> all right. Thanks to Kurt. Welcome to another round of Super Easy Trivia. Thank you very much. And hello, friends. The game show is so hot and fresh out the kitchen. The Paula Dean DM'd me and asked me if she could slap a stick of butter on it. That's right, my friends. I'm your host, Bobby Bones. If you're here for the first time, welcome. The game is simple. Get a question right, move on to the next round. Be one step closer to winning cold, hard cash. Get a question wrong, I'll send a swarm of murder hornets to your house. There you go. Thank you very much. All right, so Chuck Wicks is playing this week. Chuck Wicks is a radio host, musician. Uh, he got a big hit song called Stealing Cinderella, and it's a big old bed behind him. I'm not going to ask any more questions about what's happening over there. Uh, nothing's happening right now. That's the, that's the key. Also, country music superstar Dustin Lynch is joining us this week. Dustin has hit songs that you'd know like Riding Roads, Small Town Boy, Good Girl. Basically, you give this guy a ball cap, a back road, and a smoking hot girl, he will hand you back a number one country song. Dustin Lynch, how are you, bud? <laughs> I'm doing awesome. Thanks for having me. All right, so here's what's happening. The celebrities are playing for $500 to the charity of their choice. All us regular folks, you're playing for $100 for your pocket. That's right. Question number one. All generic questions. Get it right. Stay in the game. Hannah, how are you? I'm good. Hannah, where do you live right now? In Yuma, Arizona. All right. You have question number one. It's very easy. What city is known as the Big Apple? New York City. All right. Let's go over to my friend Steve, who's also the executive producer of my radio show. Scuba Steve, how are you? Pretty good, man. How are you doing? Pretty good. Your question's also pretty easy. Which singer had her award show speech interrupted by Kanye West? That would be Taylor Swift, T-Swizzle. That is correct. Hey, listener, Christy, where do you live? In our garden, Florida. All right, in Florida, your question is, Baltimore is the capital of what state? Maryland. That is correct. Let's go over to Chuck Wicks, our first celebrity to get a question here. Hey, Chuck, what's the main ingredient of an omelet? Egg. An egg. That is right. Listener Tom, your question is, what type of animal is Garfield? Cat. A cat is right. And Dustin Lynch, over to you. Taste buds are located on what part of the body? The tongue. That is correct. I would have also accepted wiener. All right, there you go. You're on to the second round, everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, so now we're going to play Name That Classic Cartoon. I will show you a cartoon behind me. All you have to do is tell me the classic cartoon. Hannah, you're up first. Can you name this classic cartoon? That's Betty Boop. That is Betty Boop. That is correct. 
Can you name this classic cartoon, Scuba Steve? Animaniacs. Correct. Christy, a classic cartoon for you is? Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny is right. Chuck Wicks, name that cartoon. Oh, uh, Daffy Duck. Daffy Duck is correct. Hey, yes. Tom, name that one. That's the Flintstones. The Flintstones is correct. Hey, Dustin Lynch, can you name that one? Snoopy. Snoopy it is. You're all on to the next round. Nice job, everybody. Woo! Yeah, high fives. High fives all around. Let's go to Dustin Lunch first. Dustin, you fancy bedroom there, or uh, what do you have going on there? Um, this will be an awesome. No, it's it's my basement. No, that's a basement. Okay. And how many how many bodies are, are trapped down in that thing? There will be a lot this weekend. None right now. <laughs> uh, Dustin, oh. what are you working on right now that you want people to go check out? What am I working on? Gosh, new music and and honestly, I'm thriving. Just loving the outdoors. So gonna awesome. enjoy the summer on the road. Also, Dustin's got a video where everything's on fire called Mama's House. You can check that out right now online. All right, here we go. The next questions are all about slogans. So I will read you a slogan. All you have to do is tell me the product that it's the slogan for. Are you ready, Hannah? Yes. First one up is, they're great. Frosted Flakes. That is correct. Scuba Steve, whose slogan is Taste the Rainbow? That is Skittles. Correct. Listener Christy, can you hear me now? Is the slogan for who? Verizon. Correct. Hey, Chuck Wicks, what are you doing uh, down in Florida right now? I am crashing at Aldine's house. I'm using him for everything. This is his bed behind me. So. <laughs> Chuck Wicks <laughs> is married to Jason Aldine's sister. Uh, how's that going for you? Uh, pretty good. Hopefully, we'll be uh, having some news soon. So we're we're uh, we're happy. So we're good. Anything you want to break here on the show? No. Can you imagine him breaking news on this? On this? Yeah. yeah. All, right. All right. Chuck Wicks, whose slogan is "Good to the Last Drop"? Oh, I knew that. I knew that. this is not a good subject for me. Good to the last drop. Um. Dustin, do you know this one? For some reason, I'm thinking Snapple, but that's not right. Can I Zoom a friend? You can You can ask one person on the board for help, but if you miss it, you're eliminated. Ask anybody on the board. Oh, I'm looking at all their faces. I'm wondering, look, they're all, oh, I Steve. All right, Steve, Steve good no. to the last drop. <laughs> I was hoping you'd see that's me shake my head. No, because I don't know it. <laughs> oh, no, it's going Does anyone? Yes, go ahead. Would you like to help on Christy? I think it's Folgers. Okay, Chuck, you can go with Folgers or whatever Scuba said, Ford. I don't know. And then, or, or you can pick your own. Oh, I thought Folgers was Folgers in your cup. Good um, last drop. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with, yeah, I'm going to go with her. That is correct. Oh no. <laughs> it is Maxwell House. However, you, you're the first one out, so you get the first save question and the only question that can save you. Are you ready? Yes. What's in your wallet is the slogan for who? Uh, why am I so bad at this? What's in your wallet? <laughs> What's in your wallet? Um, Chuck, it's was time it MasterCard? to go. Everybody wave goodbye to Chuck, I'm sorry. It is Capital One, and Chuck is the first one to go. Chuck, parting words for everyone. 
Chuck is frozen, right? Okay, he just froze. Okay. Well, <laughs> am, I am I back? Chuck. Oh, we lost him. All right. Next one up. Let's go over to you, Tom. Like yes, a good neighbor, blank is there. State Farm. Correct. Hey, Dustin Lynch, Breakfast of Champions is the slogan for who? Breakfast of Champions. Breakfast of Champions is the slogan for who? Um. Sports. I don't know. Sports. Think sports. Think sports. Okay. If you performed really well, you got on this. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. And people are trying to tell you. Dustin. <laughs> Dustin, the breakfast of champions is Wheaties. Wheaties. Anything you'd like to say, Dustin? Guys, good luck. And... Love y'all. Hope to give you a hug soon in person. It was a quick. Thanks run for having me on, Bobby. It was a quick run for Dustin Lynch, but he's he's got to go. All right, there he goes. No celebrities are left. Wow, that was quick. I gotta be honest. Uh, a little disappointing this week with the celebrities. Not in how famous they are, but just how good they did. All right, <laughs> listener Hannah, we're gonna do one more round. Finger licking good is who? KFC. KFC is correct. Hey, Scuba Steve, I'm loving it. That is McDonald's. Correct. Listener Christy. Have it your way. Burger King. Burger King is correct. Hey, Tom, America runs on blank. Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' is correct. You're all on to the next round. Nice job, everybody. I don't know if you made noise, Scuba Steve, or not, but it looked like you were screaming. <laughs> I was. <laughs> okay, here we go. Next up, we're going to play Name That Movie Poster. So what I will show you is a very famous movie poster without the movie on it. All you have to do is name the movie. Here we go. Question movie number one. Can you name that, Hannah? Um, Avengers Endgame. Avengers is correct. I would accept Avengers. Okay, here we go. Over to you, Scuba Steve. Can you name this one? E. E.T. is correct. Can you name this one, Christy? Uh, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump is correct. Hey, Tom, what's this one? Frozen. Correct. Hey, Hannah, what's this one? Grease. Correct. Hey, Scuba Steve, what's this one? Harry Potter. Harry Potter is correct. How about this one, Christy? Shaws. Correct. Hey, Tom, can you hit me with this one? The Notebook. The Notebook is correct. You're all on the next round. Nice job. All right, you're all competing for $100 in cash. Obviously, uh, as happens with this show, most of the time my internet connection is not perfect. So the first person I think yells their name is gonna be the, the winner here with the buzzer. Now, we're doing head-to-head -head challenge, okay? I will ask you a question. The first person to buzz in their name will win. The first two people up are Hannah and Scuba Steve. You'll be playing each other. If you know the answer, yell your name, okay? Here we go. Question one, which Disney princess has really, really long hair? Hey. Hannah. Rapunzel. Rapunzel is correct, Scuba Steve. Here's a story about Scuba Steve. He was eliminated <laughs> right after the celebs. There he goes. All right, next up, Christy and Tom in the battle, head to head, yell your name as the buzzer. In which country would you find Buckingham Palace. Tom. Tom. England. England is correct. Christy, 
So sad to see you go. Love your glasses. Pleasant to meet you. Loved having you on this week. Hopefully I'll see you again soon. Bye, Christy. We have two players left. Ladies and gentlemen, we're down to the final two. For the final round, it is true or false. Hannah, you're up first. True or false? A circle is 360 degrees. True. That is correct. Hey, Tom, true or false? Easter Sunday is on the same date every year. False. False. That is correct. What do you do, Hannah, for a job? Um, I work for the Military Family Advisory Network. Oh, nice. What does your sign say behind you? Say hello, Bobby. Oh, it says you always gain by giving love. Nice. Or hello, Bobby. I'll take that as well. Both answers are correct. All right. Hannah, back over to you. Chocolate is lethal to dogs. True or false? True. True. Hey, Tom, Baby One More Time was Britney Spears' second number one song. True or false? False. Correct. It was her first. Hannah, Diamond is the hardest natural substance. True or false? True. Correct. Hey, Tom, over to you. The zodiac sign represented by twins is Sagittarius. True or false? False. It is Gemini. You're correct. Over to you, Hannah. Michael Phelps holds the record for the most Olympic gold medal. True or false? True. Hey, Tom, silk fabric is made out of worms. True or false? True. Correct. You guys are amazing at this. I have the two smartest people (laughs) to ever grace my computer. Hannah, the Sahara is the largest desert in the world. True. Correct. Hey, Tom, a common piece of paper is eight and a half by 10 inches. False. How do you know that? (laughs) Did did you know that too, Hannah? Eight by 11. 11. Holy crap. We have the two smartest people ever on this show. Okay. One final question for each of you. Hannah, for you, a sneeze is faster than an eye blink. True or false? True. Tom, R-E-M stands for rapid eye moment. True or false? False. Correct. We're going to sudden death, folks. That's right. Sudden death. Sudden death. All right. In sudden death, the person who performs the best chicken will win the competition. I have chickens in my backyard right now. Any props will will, will be in the competition. Uh, Tom, you will go first. Give me your best okay. chicken. I need 10 seconds of chicken. Go ahead. 10 seconds. Okay, ready? <laughs> Pretty good. That's the judges of- are giving you a 7.5. Okay, it's a solid chicken, okay. Tom. All right, Hannah, you, you can win this with an with eight chicken or above. You win. You want to help me, Mattis? Oh, she's bringing in props. I like it. Bring my son in. Bring him in. Come here, bud. All right, we're going to do our chicken impression, okay? Yeah. Ready? Go. You got to flop your wings. You know, I got to be honest. They were both pretty good. I want to make you both winners. You both win. Oh, I can't hear him. Bobby, you cut out. <laughs> He cut out, right? I, I didn't hear a thing. <laughs>
It sounded like he was very enthusiastic about it. We quit hearing you. Hello, can you hear me now? There you are. Oh, what if I push the button and no one can hear me because I pushed the off button? What could you <laughs> what could you not hear? You both won! There we go! Yeah. Okay. We're gonna leave all this in because uh, apparently I hit the microphone in my excitement. Congratulations to you both. I'll be in touch real soon for your cash. You are the winners. Goodbye, everybody! Dun dun dun. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. Tacovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.